Praise the Lord. Welcome to the Lively Stone Temple Experience. Welcome to the Lively Stone Temple Experience. We are one church in four locations. Please visit LivelyStoneTemple.org for additional information. This message was recorded on May the 1st, 2022. Now let's follow along in our Bibles. Mark chapter 5, and we will begin at verse 21, and we will read down through verse 34. And I am reading the King from the King James Version. I'm reading from the King James Version. Amen. When you have it, please say amen. And let's please stand in reference, reverence to the word of God. Um, uh, and by order of teaching, a lot of people always want to know, why do we stand when we read the word of God? One, it's a way of showing respect, honor, and reverence to the word, to God's word. Amen. And they say, you got any scripture for that? I sure do. Anybody remember in Nehemiah when they found the book of the law and they uh, opened the book and the priest began to read from the book of the law. They hadn't seen it in several years. And the, the, the priest went up to the lectern and they put the book there and began to read from the, le the book that was on the lectern. And the Bible says they all stood. But not only did they stand, but they, what, they wept as they heard the word of God. The word of God will put that kind of conviction in your heart, won't it? Anybody been going through something and you just open, the Lord led you to open up the word of God and that scripture hit you just right and it was the exact word that you need. It'll put tears in your eyes, Deacon Dobie. I promise you it will. Mark chapter 5, verse 21. And when Jesus was passed over again by ship unto the other side, much people gathered unto him and he was nigh unto the sea. He was close unto the sea. And behold, there cometh one of the rulers of the synagogue, Jairus by name. And when he saw him, he fell at his feet. Jairus, a ruler of the synagogue, fell at Jesus' feet and besought him greatly. He's begging him, man. My little daughter. Now look at what he's doing here. He's trying to really tug on Jesus' heartstrings. He's not saying my daughter. My little daughter. She's a baby, Jesus. My, my little daughter lieth at the point of death. I pray thee, come and lay thy hands on her, that she may be healed, and she shall live. And Jesus went with him, and much people followed him and thronged him. And a certain woman, within, which had an issue of blood 12 years, and had suffered many things of many physicians, and had spent all that she had, and was nothing bettered, but rather grew worse. When she heard, when she had heard of Jesus, came in the press behind. She's trying to sneak her way in there, trying to fit in with the crowd so she can get in the throng, get in the press. Somebody say press. Yeah, you got to get in the press. And she wants to get in the press where Jesus is and, and touched his garment. For, for personally, within herself, she had already said, if I may touch his, but his clothes, someone else says, may touch the what? Him of his garment, I shall be whole. And straightway the fountain of her blood was dried up 
and she felt it in her body that she was healed of that plague. And Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that the virtue had gone out of him, turned him about in the press and said, who touched my clothes? And his disciples saying unto him, thou seest the multitude thronging thee, and sayest thou who touched me? And he looked round about to see her that had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what was done in her, came and fell down before him and told him all the truth. How many of you know when God really does something for you, you can feel that thing, can't you? And you just want to run back to him. Uh, uh, what what uh, the Hawkins said, said I wasn't going to tell nobody, but I was. I couldn't keep it to myself. Amen. And, 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 and he fell down and told him all the truth. And he said unto her, daughter, thy faith hath made thee whole. Go in peace and be whole of thy plague. Join me in a word of prayer. Father, in the name of Jesus, hallelujah, Lord God. God, we thank you for the word that you've given us, God. God, this infallible word, God, this word that was divinely God-breathed for our benefit, Lord. But these things that were written were written for our benefit that we might have hope, Lord. And we thank you for that, God. God, I ask you this morning that you anoint me, Lord, that you anoint this entire congregation, God. God, I ask you to open eyes that they might see. Unstop ears that they may hear. Strengthen hands to hold on and soften hearts to receive the word of God on this morning. God, I pray this morning, God, that you be glorified and that the sinner be evangelized and that the devil be terrified. God, I pray this morning, dear Lord God, that you use all of us in here in a way that we've never been used before. God, stretch out in us this morning. God, stretch out in our minds and stretch out in our hearts and stretch out in our spirits and stretch out in our souls, Lord, that we might enjoy and serve the Lord with gladness on this morning, God. God bless everyone that made the sacrifice to be out here on this morning, God, in the name of Jesus, God. And I ask that the Shekinah glory rest upon this place. And I ask, dear Lord God, that you send an anointing that makes preaching easy. And I ask, Lord God, that you send your favor and your grace to rest upon everyone in here in the name of Jesus. And we thank you for it. We count it done. That in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I thank God for all of you this morning. I thank, I give honor to Jesus, who is God in the head of my life. I give honor to our pastor and his absence, Bishop Paul M. Capers, asking you all to continue to keep Elder Seth N. Capers in your prayers, our assistant pastor, as he's uh, struggling with illness in his body. But we prayed the prayer of faith last night, and we believe God that he is healed. Amen. So we just, can we praise God for Elder Seth's healing right now? Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you. And I give honor to God for my wife being here. Amen. I thank God. Amen. One week, one day in. Hallelujah. Amen. It, 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 it felt good to say that. I'm sorry. Give me I thank God for my wife being here. Amen. It felt good. Amen. Y'all been praying with Elder Taylor for the Lord to work that thing out. Won't he do it, Deacon Evans? <laughs> which which uh, helps me segue into my topic for this morning. Somebody, I want you to lift your hand up. Everybody, if you can, lift your hand up. And I want you to look toward heaven, and I want you to say, fix it, Jesus. That's my topic this morning, fix it, Jesus. Amen. We, I have found out, 
35 years old now, and I have found out in my short time being here that man that is born of a woman is of a few days and full of trouble. Man that is born of a woman is of a few days, and it, those days are full of trouble. And sometimes life has a way of just reaching back into a, its bag of goodies, grabbing a handful of I don't know what, and just throwing it into your life. You don't know where it came from. You don't know where it started. It's kind of like being in a discussion. Anybody ever, you, you ever got into an argument with someone, and you were going back and forth for so long, Till by the time you got to the end of the argument, you don't even know what y'all was arguing about. Y'all get, but y'all hide as a bottle rocket at each other, don't know what's going on. Uh, that's what life does sometimes. Like you've been in a situation for so long that you don't even know where it started. You don't know where it began. You don't know where it came from. All you know is that you've been in it so long that so it's become a part of you. People identify you now not for your potential but they identify you by what you're dealing with. Oh, that's old. That ain't nothing but old drunk, Willie. Oh, I wouldn't fool with Sally. Sally ain't, everybody knows Sally ain't nothing but a liar. Uh, don't go over to May house because May don't keep her house clean. And, 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 you're, and, they, and they don't know that May may be struggling with something psychologically that prevents her from doing that. They don't know that that, that Sue may not be a liar. But you heard something from somebody else that heard something from somebody else that heard something, and now it's attached to you. It's so, it's so deeply ingrained in your, the fiber of your being until you begin to question yourself. Am I a liar? I, I'm fighting my best. I'm trying my best to be an honest person. But, but everybody around and you listen to things that people say, well, you know, if everybody's saying it, it's got to have some truth to it. How many of you know everybody could tell a lie too? Amen. And, and, and it's real hard to unring that bell because if one lie get told, if it get told right, your reputation ain't worth nothing now. And, and, and these things are problems that arise in our lives. I have found out that the problem that occurs most often in the lives of the saints is a problem that we call suffering. I, I, I found out through the scriptures that if suffering is not a result of your own personal sin, then it is a result of the fact that sin exists. Amen. I want to say that again, that if suffering is not a result of your own personal sin, it is simply a result of the fact that sin exists. Suffering is God's way of keeping sin in check. Suffering is what God is going to use to keep you going back toward him in a sinful world. Suffering is a mechanism that God uses to keep you on your knees. Suffering is a tool that God uses to enable you to stand up and say, the Lord God giveth and the Lord God taketh away, but still blessed be the name of the Lord. Naked came I in the world, and naked I'm going to, I came in here with nothing, so I might as well leave out the same way I came. Amen. And so suffering, it, it, it rears its ugly head in our lives. And, and if we told the truth, we want nothing to do with it. Amen. Nobody wakes up in the morning and says, suffer me, Lord God. Uh, suffer me, Jesus. And Lord, if you, if, if you care about me at all, Jesus, let my car blow up. And, 
If you care about me at all, Jesus, when I get to church this morning, let, my, let the seat of my pants rip in half right before I got to preach, Jesus. No, nobody wakes up in the morning and, and wants these things to happen. But we find out that God allows these things to happen. It is suffering that creates an, an, a, a somewhat of a, a, a biblical mind frame for us that enables us to laugh in the face of the adversary. There are so many great scriptures that we have that we do not get but for suffering. Ah, because Paul asked the Lord, take this thorn out of my flesh, God. Three times he asked God to remove it, but God said no. And then now look what Paul wrote. He said, I found out in my suffering that the Lord's grace will be sufficient. For whatever I go through, for in my weakness, his strength is made perfect. Found out through suffering, hallelujah, that all who live godly will suffer persecution. And then what happens is in the midst of all the suffering that we go through, God was wise enough to put a catch-all clause in the scripture. And that catch-all clause is this. If you're suffering on your job, and if you're suffering in your family, and you're suffering in your finances, and if you're suffering in your neighborhood, and if you're suffering with your family, and if you're suffering in your heart, and you're suffering in your spirit, here's the catch-all. For we know that all things work together for the good of them that love the Lord and are the called according to his purpose. I find myself laughing in the face of suffering now because I realize that my suffering is pushing me closer to Jesus. And I realize now that everything that I've gone through has merely been a stepping stone to get me from one point to the other. I pray a little bit better now because of what I went through and I fast a little bit harder now because of what I had to endure. Ah, somebody lay hands on yourself and say, go through it, go through it, go through it, go through it. You know why you ain't strong? Because you ain't going through nothing. You, you, you can't go to the gym and look at the weights and walk out and expect yourself to have strength. You got to get in there and lift them things, baby. You got to be willing to sweat a little bit and be willing to, because the only thing that's going to build new muscle is the tearing down of the old muscle. You got to be willing to be sore a little bit. You got to be willing to limp every now and then. You got to be willing to put your hand on your back and, and say, well, I don't feel strong enough to pray for myself, but the Bible said if there are any weak and sickly among you, let them call for the elders of the church. They're going to anoint you with all and the prayer and pray the prayer of faith and the prayer of faith will save the sick and the Lord will raise him up. And you've got to be willing to cry a little bit because Jesus said, as much as I suffered in the flesh, arm yourself likewise. But, 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 but the, the problem is we don't want to deal with that. And we find no reason to deal with it. But I've come to let you know that if you just hold on for a little while longer, there's going to be a testimony that rivals every testimony you've ever had in your life. You have not testified your best testimony yet. You have not reached your best deliverance yet. You have not, you have not cried out your strongest victory cry yet. You have not yelled out 
your greatest war cry yet because I've come to let you know this morning that as the days go by, the Lord's going to make you better. And as the days go by, the Lord's going to make you stronger. Then you'll be able to tell the devil, Satan, you lied again. Said I wasn't going to be nothing, but you lied again. Said I wasn't going to make it, but you lied again. And I've come to let the devil know that every time he tries to pick at your mind, you ought to tell that devil you are a liar and the father of lies. You ain't no good. You ain't never been no good. You ain't got nothing to offer me, Satan. And I, I ain't going to listen to what you got to tell me this year because my ears belong to God and my eyes belong to God and my hands belong to God. And he made me what I am. And so every all the devil is doing is God is using the devil like sandpaper to smooth you out a little bit because you still want to cuss every now and then. And the Lord says, let me, let me, let me smooth you out a little bit. And you still want to lie every now and then. The Lord said, let me clean you up a little bit, baby, because I need you for my glory. I know what the devil wants to do, but I need you for my glory. Hallelujah. Praise the name of our God. Thank you, Jesus Christ. And you want to know what makes the devil so mad when you're going through? Because he's got to come after you, but he's got to know that it's still going to work in your favor. Ah, oh, oh, what in the world? The devil's mad. How is it that I lied on her and got everybody lying on her, but she's still determined to bless the Lord? How is it that I got everybody to be against you, but you still praying? You still fasting? Yes, I am. Yes, I am. And when you see the devil, Tell hell I'm not coming because the Lord put something down on the inside of me that allows me to remember that everything I go through, I am coming out and I'm coming out with the victory. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And so uh, there were mechanisms put in place uh, to deal with the sin uh, that brought about suffering in the world. And so God goes and visits a man named Moses one day. Moses gets God's people out of Egypt. Yes, sir. And he brings them into the promised land that God said, tell Pharaoh, let my people go so that they may be able to worship me in the wilderness. Yes, sir. That's what's going on here. And while they're out there, God never intended for his people to be lawless. And so he gives them laws. But one thing he also, he gives them a substantive law, but he also gives them procedural law. And one thing the procedural or ceremonial law does, there's an emphasis on cleansing processes. Because you know how many of you know God wants you clean? Hallelujah. Mm -hmm. uh, God wants you clean. Amen. Uh, and he'll clean you up uh, if you let him. Amen. And so one thing that is dealing with is a Leviticus 17 and 11 has declared that the life of the flesh is in the blood. And so if you got some sinful person's uh, blood on you, you have taken on their life of sin. And so there are ceremonial processes in place to deal with that. 
And every now and then, the blood, the issue of blood would be due to a woman's uh, anatomy, if, if I will. Amen. I'll say it that way. And if a woman had an issue that would not stop, she would be declared ceremonially unclean. And if she were unclean, my God, she had to let everybody know she was unclean. So when she walks through the street, she had to declare unclean, unclean. Everybody that saw her, she, because if she didn't obey the law, she would be punished. And if, and if she found herself to be unclean, my God, everything that she touched would be declared to be ceremonially unclean. So if she had children, she couldn't hold her babies because she didn't want her babies to be unclean. And if she had a husband, she couldn't be with her husband because she didn't want her man to be declared unclean. If she sat in a chair while her issue had not stopped, she couldn't, the chair had to be burned and destroyed because nothing unclean could be among God's people. My God, in the name of Jesus. And there were several days set aside where the woman would have to be in quarantine and the priest would come in to check to see if her issue of blood had dried up. And if it had not dried up, she would have to stay quarantined for a little while longer, away from her loved ones, away from her family, away from her friends. However, daddy wanted to see her, he couldn't visit her because she was nasty and unclean. My God, in the name of Jesus, and while Jesus one day is coming through, past an old Bible says it, Mark 5 and 21, when Jesus passed over again by a ship unto the other side, the crowd had grown around him, and many people were thronging because they heard of the miracles that Jesus could do. And the crowd got bigger, and Jesus' notoriety got greater as he would walk and go places. My God, in the name of Jesus. And a ruler left the synagogue by the name of Jairus and said, Jesus, my little daughter, my little baby is sick unto the point of death. And I need you to come to my house and lay hands on my baby. Jesus! Don't let my baby die. Jesus, you're healing so many people. Your, the name, the word of your name is noise abroad. Jesus, the Bible says he besought Jesus. He begged him and begged him. But how many of you know now, thanks to the blood, you ain't got to beg Jesus no more. The Bible says you can come boldly to the throne of grace so that you may find grace to help in the time of trouble. Somebody shout help in here. That's what you need right now. And Jesus ain't withholding help from his cheering. He's going to help his babies whenever they called on him because we have received the spirit of adoption whereby we cry, Abba, 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 Father, Father, heal my baby. Father, heal my child. Father, heal my mind. Father, regulate my heart. Father, deliver me. 
And Jesus, uh, here's Jairus, uh, and he says, I'm going to come. And Jesus went with him, and much people followed him and thronged him. But while Jesus is on the way, uh, the storyline breaks, uh, and it's almost like a commercial break. Uh, and when it comes back to the show, we're at another scene, uh, and we run into a woman uh, that has been played for 12 long years uh, with an issue of blood. Uh, and I just told told you a few minutes ago what the law required of this woman. She couldn't touch nobody because she was what? Unclean. Yeah, you get it. And the Bible declares here, my God, that she had been suffered, suffered many things of physicians, and had spent all that she had, and was nothing bettered, but she grew worse. My God, in the name of Jesus. Can you imagine being this woman? If by the time your issue was supposed to stop, it had not stopped, and maybe she said to herself, you know what, it's no big deal, it'll stop tomorrow, but tomorrow comes, and it does not stop. Uh, another day comes and it does not stop. Right about this time, the law is running through her mind. Oh, if this don't stop God in a few days, I won't be able to see my family. I won't be able to touch my children. I won't be able to go to church. I won't be able to go in the synagogue. And after a while, it still does not stop. A year goes by and she's bleeding. And you know as well as I know that that the loss of blood makes you weak. The Bible declares that she had gone to doctor after doctor. Doctor after doctor. She went, my God, to Buford Memorial and didn't get any better. She went to MUSC in Charleston and did not get any better. She went to Roper St. Francis and she did not get better. Right about this time, saints, the Bible says she was broke. She had no money left to spin. Uh, can I tell you something? Where do you go when you got no more doctors to go to? Who do you call on when you can't write the check to the doctor anymore? When your HMO won't cover it? When your insurance has lapsed because you can't afford to pay it no more? What you going to do? Oh my God, this woman, she says to herself, uh, but, but the Bible declares when she heard of about Jesus. Oh my God. Where, did anybody, has anybody ever heard him? Do you know what his voice sounds like? Ah, oh, Deacon Evans, where were you when you heard him? Sister Evans, where were you when you heard him? Sister Taylor, what were you doing the first time you heard him? I heard a songwriter say, I heard him when he called my name. Our oh God, in the name of Jesus, you might have been lying when you heard him, but he called you. You might have been drunk when you heard him, but he called you. You might have been fornicating. You might have just got done hitting a blunt, my God. But he sobered you up long enough so you could hear him when he called. My God, in the name of Jesus, praise the name of our God. Thank you, Jesus Christ. Lord, I praise you, our God. And the Bible declares when she heard him, she didn't care anymore about her issue. She didn't care that everybody knew she was unclean. She didn't care what the law said anymore. She didn't care that everybody was going to be talking about her. If I show up in here bleeding, I heard Jesus in here. Get out my business and let me be delivered. 
delivered. Get out my face. I got to be made whole. I wish some of us would shut up and get our mouths off of folk that want to be delivered. We know they was liars. We know they fornicators. But Jesus said, come unto me, all ye that are labored and heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. My God, in the name of Jesus, what happened here was the Jews, the rulers of the synagogue, had got a hold of the law. And they had added so much junk to it until it was impossible for anybody to live by it. What do we do when we've created so many rules in the church that it's impossible for sinners to come in here and be delivered? What do we do? What do we do when we've added so much junk and so much mess to this. The Bible declares that Jesus talked to the Pharisees one day and said, you are putting burdens on my people that you aren't even willing to keep. And in vain you do worship me, teaching for doctrine the commandments of men. But the Bible declares that this woman with this issue, she, she, she blends in with the crowd. Because she heard that's where Jesus was. Can I tell you right now, whatever's going on, whomever you know that's dealing with something, let them know that if they can hear him when he calls, he'll fix it. My God. Somebody open your mouth and say, fix it, Jesus. Yes, God, in the name of Jesus. And so she is making her way through the crowd now. She's weak because she's been bleeding. She's got no strength, but she heard that Jesus is there. She's probably leaning on people, trying to get to where Jesus is. And she realizes that I don't care what they say about me. I'm coming up in here with my short skirt, and I'm going to get delivered. I'm coming up in here with my tattoo tattoos because I got to get delivered. I'm coming up in here with my drunk self because I got to get delivered. Oh, every, all my sin is beating me half to death. It's killing me now and I've got nothing left. But they told me that Jesus was in the house. My God, in the name of Jesus, don't you dare play the game that their sin was bigger than yours or your sin might have been bigger than theirs. All sin is sin. But I come to let you know that whatever has been done, Jesus can fix it. My God, in the name of Jesus. And so the woman with this issue of blood is making her way toward Jesus. And I can imagine that everybody is talking about her, Deacon Zimmerman, saying, there go that unclean woman. What she thinks she doing? She no good and well. She ain't supposed to be among us. There go that old nasty woman. Her mama was nasty. Her auntie them was nasty. Everybody in their family is a bunch of nasty people. Every last one of them is unclean. What she doing among us clean folk. Oh my God, in the name of Jesus. And I can imagine she had to stop up her ears so she can tune out and block out everything that was being said about her. Because how many of you know that when you got your mind made up to be free, you don't care what nobody says about you. I can't bear this burden no more. I heard a songwriter say, I must tell Jesus, all of my troubles, 
for I cannot bear these burdens alone. I've got to get this monkey up off my back. I've got to get this burden up off me. It's tearing up my family. It's ruining my relationship with God. And so she makes her way through the press because she found the fixer. She found out that the fixer was in town. Can I help somebody out in here? I don't care what you've been dealing with this morning. The fixer is in the building. I don't care what's in your mind. The fixer is in the building. I remember my little nephews used to watch this TV show called Bob the Builder. And they would always ask the question, can we build it? And all the children would say, yes, we can. I want to change that up a little bit. I want Bob the Builder to help me preach this morning. And I want you to ask, Jesus, can we fix it? And Jesus will say, yes, we can. Lying, can we fix it? Yes, he can. Fornicating, can he fix it? Yes, he can. Depression, can he fix it? Yes, he can. Oppression, can he fix it? Yes, he can. She's making her way now. She's a little bit closer. She grabs the hem of his garment. And the Bible says instantly, straightway, Deacon Zimmerman, at that moment, she felt her issue dry up. I want somebody in here right now that's dealing with something to praise God until you feel it dry up. Praise him until the issue stops. Praise him until your mind gets free. Praise until you feel the deliverance. Can you sense it now? Is the anointing on your mind? Is the anointing on your hands? Is the anointing in your heart? Is Jesus coming down your row? I've come to let you know this morning that the fixer is in the house. Fix it, Jesus. I'm scared. Fix it, Jesus. I'm weak. Fix it, Jesus. I'm dying. Fix it, Jesus. Fix it, fix it, fix it. I'm sick of trying to fix it. My therapist can't do it. My psychologist can't do it. My doctor can't do it. My insurance can't do it. My mama can't do it. But this one's on God. This one's on Jesus. I heard Jesus say, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. I'm coming all the way down through 42 generations so I can fix it. The Bible declares that this woman with this issue of blood can you imagine the praise that went forth from this woman because for 12 years she's been dealing with this problem. Has anybody in here ever dealt with a reoccurring issue? You think you're done with it but it keeps on coming back. You deleted that Negro's number and he found it and texted you again. It keeps on coming back. You got rid of all those bad friends. You got you a new job, and the devil let them get hired over there. Every time you turn around, it keeps on coming back, coming back. The issue is so strong that it's pulling the life out of you. But I heard the Bible declare that in Jesus was life, and that life was the light of men. And she comes along now. 
she's got life now. Jesus said, man, who touched me? Man, who touched me? Oh, help me out here. When I ask you, when Jesus asked, who touched you? Open your mouth and say, I did. Oh, Jesus, who touched me? Say, I did. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Jesus wants to know who got my attention. Somebody say, I did. It's me, it's me, it's me, oh Lord. Standing in the need of prayer. Not my mother, but it's me, oh Lord. Not my father, but it's me, oh Lord. Not my sister, but it's me, oh Lord. Not my brother, but it's me, oh Lord. I need you to fix it. Fix it, fix it, fix it. Fix it, fix it, fix it. Fix it, fix it, fix it. Fix it now, Jesus. The Bible declares Bible declares that Jesus, the woman couldn't resist the words of our Savior. How many of you know that Jesus has an irresistible voice? Yeah, it's so irresistible, it'll wake you up out your sleep. Three o'clock in the morning, who's that? Who's that? Who's that? Who's that? It's me, son. It's me, daughter. Get up. I got to talk to you. And she comes back and begins to praise God. She comes back and begins to praise Jesus. I tried to hide, Lord, but you're too good. I tried not to witness, but you're just too good. I said I wasn't going to tell nobody, but I couldn't keep it to myself. God, you fixed me. Oh, God, anybody know what it feels like to be broken? And he fixed you. Oh, God. Oh, God, he put me back on the potter's wheel and fixed me. I don't know what I'd be without him. How broken and in pieces and torn apart I was before he put me back together again. He fixed me. Oh, he fixed me real good. I'm all tangled up now. As the old saints say, if I leave this world, don't worry about me because I'm all fixed up. The Lord fixed you up real good. If the Lord ever fixed you up, shout hallelujah. hallelujah. And what I love the most is the very end here. Jesus tells her, daughter, thy faith have made thee whole. Go in peace and be whole of thy place. Look at the relationship he introduces here. Because Jesus proves that he is not just the son of God, but he's also God the father. Because you don't call nobody daughter unless you're their what? Father. He introduces her to a new relationship. You mind now. You got too much of me in you. I bless God for the Holy Ghost because the Holy Ghost's job is to get you to glory. And how many of you know that if the Holy Ghost got to get you to glory through prison, it's going to get you there. If it's got to get you to glory through the, through the hospital, it's going to get you there. So you might as well just make up your mind to live right and serve the Lord with gladness. Hey, man, we talked about this in Sunday school. I'm going to humble myself because I don't want the Lord to humble me. It ain't that deep to me. Lord, I, I'm sorry, Jesus. I'll find the saints. Sis, I'm sorry. Bro, I'm sorry. For you. Let me humble myself. Mm -mm. I like having a car to drive. 
I like having a home to sleep in. I like having food in my fridge. I like the blessings. I like having a wife. I love the blessings I got. And I don't want to interfere with none of them. Let, let me humble myself under the what? Mighty hand of God. It's a mighty hand. So either you can be humbled under that mighty hand or you can be smacked by that mighty hand. Which one you want? Do you know which one you want? The first one, right? Amen. I'll, uh, I'll take a number one with fries, please. Amen. Supersize me. Trip, triple it. I'll humble myself. I'll, look how humble this woman was. When you're desperate to be free, you don't care what folk got to say about you. That's why it's best for some of us as saints sometimes to just shut up. God sent somebody here to be delivered. And you're going to look, look at how they look. They don't look like us. You didn't always look like you look. You didn't always dress like you dress. You didn't always talk like you talk. One thing that bothers me is folk that they weren't always saved, but they grew up in the church, so they know holiness. And then so when you come into the church, it's kind of easy for you to assimilate and change. That's all you saw all your life, right? You know how I knew I could quit cussing when I got saved? I didn't cuss around my mama when I was unsaved. So I figured, hey, cussing can't be, can't be that hard to stop doing it. But someone that was unchurched, that didn't grow up in the church and just came right off the railroad track, drunk into the church. You can't hold them to the same growth pattern that you're held, you, you hold yourself to. They don't know this stuff. That's like me going to France and them expecting me to know the language the next day after I get there. That's stupid. I didn't grow up there. People get saved. They're in a new jurisdiction now. They're in a new kingdom now. You've got to learn how it works. you got to be taught this. I can't believe they're still doing that. That's all they've known for 30 years. They got the Holy Ghost, don't they? They got the same Holy Ghost you got. I want to focus on my Holy Ghost won't let me do that. Sir, the Holy Ghost didn't let them do that. I didn't know you had your own brand. Good for you. I didn't know that. Hallelujah. My Holy Ghost won't let me. When we sinned, the Holy Ghost didn't let us do it. Amen. Raise your hand if the Holy Ghost told you to cut somebody out. Raise your hand if the Holy Ghost ever told you to fornicate. The Holy Ghost don't let you do it. As a matter of fact, the Holy Ghost don't make you do nothing. Amen. The Holy Ghost compels you. It convinces you. It teaches you. It leads you. It guides you. It don't make you do a thing. Amen? We got to learn. People are going to come in like this woman with this issue of blood. A mess. A flat-out mess. Anybody read the book of Rome? You know why Paul wanted to go to Rome so bad? You know why? Because it was the worst city of that day. That's where he wanted to go. They, had the, they got the best sinners over there. And that's where I want to go. And that's what I want. God sent us the worst so you can make them your best. Amen. Send us the folk with the issues. 
Send us to folk with the issues of blood, the issues of depression, the issues of hurt, family hurt, neglect, abuse. Send them here. If this is worth all the stuff that we talk about, they'll be fine. Amen? Amen? We're good. The Lord's going to be with us. Amen and amen. We hope that you have received something valuable from this message. We want to thank you for your time and support. God loves you and so do we. We hope that you have a fantastic and blessed week. We hope that you have a fantastic and blessed week. Thank you and amen.